0: (laughs) i want to say that intro thing is like 13 seconds that i want i'm mr cole and i talk trucks
1: i'm mr rasner and i talk trucks we're in the back of a motherfucking truck right now recording this for you so we are fucking truck experts
0: This is 84 ounces to freedom, first episode. Um, If you've never heard this, you don't understand how it works, so I'm gonna explain it right now. We have in front of us uh, a glass with seven ounces of beer. Five minutes are gonna go by and a timer's gonna go off. That's gonna key us into we drink those seven ounces. Um, We have some shots of whiskey on the table. There's a certain word we're not allowed to say ever which is the only thing we talk about, but we still can't say it. Uh, If we do, we have to drink a shot of... What do we got here, Dave?
1: Special of the week is Amador. It is a Kentucky bourbon finished in Napa Valley wine casks. I believe they actually finished it here in California.
0: It was on sale. So it sounds a little more like a reward than a a punishment, but that's be it what it is. Um, That's cool. There are... If I understand correctly there are some political backgrounds to how this uh podcast is being done. You wanna kinda explain that story, Mr. Rasner? The political backgrounds to what? To the why we're drinking these seven beers within an hour's time. Oh. Um I don't know. Isn't this from a Barack Obama thing? No. So if it is I'm unaware. I thought well, maybe that's not who it was. I know on Glenn Beck, Stu gear did this. Yep. I thought it was based on because in college, Barack Obama would drink seven beers on his lunch break.
1: That's right. I forgot about that. Is that yeah. Not correct? Yeah. So, Holy uh, shit. Yeah. No, he, I think, yeah, I think that, that he, maybe it was six, but yeah, he would drink a bunch of beer like between classes or something. So they tried it just to see what it would be like. And, yeah, that was his claim. I forgot all about that, but that's a thing, yeah.
0: So scientifically, we've got it planned out, so every five minutes we'll have seven ounces of beer here. Um, so I encourage you at this time. I've got uh, Newcastle Brown Ale going. Uh, what do you got there, Mr. Reznor? Blue Moon. <clears throat> of a fruity variety, yeah, I see. Yeah, that's
1: what was left in the cooler. I'm going to work my way through several different things.
0: Cool. And, uh, you know, we encourage you if you're listening along, uh, you know, get seven beers together and uh, follow along with us. So by the time we're done, you'll be just like us. You'll be smarter and louder, uh, enjoying the benefits of uh, alcohol.
1: And it makes you an expert at everything.
0: Yes. Especially. Especially things you know nothing about.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, let's set the scene. So we're in. A cab over camper which is like our makeshift sound studio it's raining and we are in the back we're in we're in a we're in an eight-foot bed of a three quarter ton
0: yeah so you know you are hearing rain in the background we had to kill the heater because it it really impacted the sound there um, there's nothing we can do with uh, God's interference on this we, so uh we have a candle
1: sorry. we have a candle burning. Can I talk about the candle? Oh yeah. Because yeah. there's nothing more masculine than two men sitting at a table together with a candle burning. But this particular candle is honey tobacco scented. So it's it's on the manly side of things. And I got it at Ace Hardware, which makes it manlier in Healdsburg, and it's by Rosie Ring Candles, and it's amazing. If um if you want to uh smell like pipe tobacco, without having to give yourself cancer. This is what you want.
0: It's the non-smoking choice. Yes. Nice. It 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 does seem fairly manly, I must say. Nice. Yeah. What, oh, sorry. Was I drinking out of turn? Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> you might have uh, a few ounces more than eighty-four by the time this is over. <laughs> I think that's okay. You uh, were telling me something about a distant relative with some political background. So uh, I'm kind of interested in hearing this story. So, uh,
1: as you know, I'm a piece of shit, and I descend from a long line of pieces of shit.
0: Oh, uh, there thing. it is. We'll, we'll
1: pick it up there in just a sec. We have pouring to do. Yeah. Will you hand me another another beer?
0: Oh certainly. Thank God. That was the longest five minutes I've ever experienced. <laughs> So just, that was just a random grab by the way so Yeah yeah that's all good
1: So um growing up it was understood in my family that I have a great great grandfather so my mom's dad his grandfather was a Civil War general named William Barksdale and he was on the Confederate side and a staunch advocate of slavery and he died, he's from Mississippi, and he died at the Battle of Gettysburg on like the third day. Um, and And I knew that much. And when I was in about the seventh grade, in my U.S. history book, there was actually a picture of him, which was pretty crazy. Now, I have very little emotional connection to any of this because my mom's dad died at 42 when my mom was... A teenager, and I, I wasn't even a planned thing yet. So, this is not like like the only person that I have any emotional connection to is my mom on this branch of the family tree. But ultimately, my mom's dad, his mom was, I believe, the daughter of William Barksdale, and um, William Barksdale before he was a general and fighting at Gettysburg. Um, was a congressman in the U.S. Congress in the mid 19th century, like late 1850s, and I heard a story on a podcast I was listening to where they mentioned him, and I I knew he was had been a Civil War general. I actually didn't realize that before the Civil War he was a congressman, but the story was about a brawl that took place in the in the house or in in the Capitol building. Amongst a bunch of congressmen. Not
0: now. This isn't the famous caning this guy.
1: Is, this that is not almost the, died. This is not <clears throat> the caning, but but some of the same players were involved. Wow. Um, that this, I don't think anyone was seriously injured in this particular brawl, and it actually ended with a round of laughter, and that's part of the fun part of the story. So, um, the th- the story goes that they were. Tensions were high in the room, and it was all over slavery. That's, like, the the reason that, that the tension was high. It, it And guys were starting to cross the aisle, and in the aisle in the Capitol building, the representatives would sit right and left, whether they were, you know, according to their political party. And um, William Barksdale, my great-great-grandfather, was a Southern Democrat, pro-slavery, anti-abolitionist, and started... Arguing and grappling and shoving with some uh northern like Pennsylvania abolitionists. And it turned out that um a, basically a brawl ensued. They had are we up five minutes already? No, it's hard to restrain restrain yourself. <laughs> so they 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 were brawling to the extent that you know, like many people were involved in pushing each other around and punching each other, and somebody punched William barksdale and knocked off his hairpiece and he was very proud he was very vain and proud of his hairpiece and he grabbed it and replaced it on his head but like hopefully before anyone could see or say anything but he put it back on backwards and he looked so ridiculous that the brawl like seemingly ended when everyone saw him and just started laughing because it was such a preposterous moment and I believe his pride was seriously injured, but um, that brawl is, like, a famous brawl. And and it came up in the context this week where, you know, there was, like, a very divided room at the State of the Union and lots of boos and hissing and things like that. And sometimes it's fun to recount a story like this to kind of, like, remind yourself that, that the division and derision... And ugliness in politics is like not new. This there's a there's a rich history of this here, and um, that's my story. And and I don't even know. Like I have to ask some of my relatives if they know that part of it because, you know, when I was a kid, we talk about this information like wasn't there was no internet, there was no Wikipedia. It was tough to like find information about this but now it's all very easy to find like these yeah. events have like a wikipedia page you can read about it all the people involved and personalities are linked
0: it's it's really easy to become you know an expert on anything these days indeed we've <laughs> like, learned this haven't like we? overnight <laughs>
1: <sighs> I, now I, I ran my fat mouth for so long i'm a little oh. behind on the uh on the yeah. drinking sir so i gotta
0: get serious about it still staying strong with the Newcastle here
1: yep
0: well you were telling me something else something uh libertarian um of some kind of libertarian roots so we i were talking about the other day
1: yeah so it was it was a i was watching a youtube channel that i like a lot it's called whiskey tribe and and i i'm a whiskey enthusiast and, and i do a little bit of tasting at a, at a very amateur level but i'm trying to learn and so these guys on whiskey tribe are great they're out of austin they seem like good guys and it, we were talking about the unique sort of flavor profile well they were talking about the unique flavor profile that an irish whiskey has and i guess that it's unique because they use a combination it's, it's all barley but it's a combination of malted and unmalted and ireland is now the republic of ireland it it's been a um, a subject of Great Britain in the past, and and as such, there's been conflict. And when there was conflict, the Great British Crown put a special tax on malted barley, basically to give the middle finger to the Irish, because they 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 use a lot of malted barley in making their whiskey, and. The practice began as as an act of rebellion and, and to not want to send taxes to the crown. They started making their whiskey with a combination of malted and unmalted barley. And that persists to this day, that tradition. And that's what makes Irish whiskey taste the way it is. Um, and I thought that was a cool little nugget of history that I enjoyed learning about.
0: Yeah. <clears throat>
1: So, cheers to Whiskey Tribe! Yeah. Check those guys out; they're great. I
0: have to check that out.
1: They have this whiskey vault that's amazing, with six figures easily worth of whiskey, and like, 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 deep six figures worth of whiskey in it. And and to live one day in the life of those guys would be so cool, yeah. man. They get to taste some pretty amazing stuff. All right, here we go. Pouring, pouring a little more of my glass here. Got a little behind. I see you got some books sitting up there. What have you been reading lately? Oh.
0: So. I'm reading uh, a book by Kirk Vonnegut Jr. Basically, it's of his opinions. It's called Wompters, Fuma, and Grand Faloons. If you're a Vonnegut person, you know that that comes from probably one of his most famous books, Cat's Cradle. And, um, you know, this is a bunch of speeches and letters and different things he's written and the one good thing the one thing about Kurt Vonnegut is he's just a storyteller and I've always said you know he's just very crass and has a, a very dry sense of humor which uh is definitely apparent here I I love Vonnegut's writing and uh I'm pretty positive uh he is passed away so we're not getting any more um so I've definitely been enjoying this um i'm reading a book jamie got me that uh is america's bank uh the epic struggle struggle to create the federal reserve um <clears throat> how far am i into this thing? oh is
1: that like Bretton woods and all that
0: it's very yeah and it's very pro uh fed right um i'm like 82 pages in it and as of today i decided i i'm not reading any more of this this is so goddamn boring <laughs> I can't take it, and <clears throat> it is not like me to not finish a book. I may come back to it, but I was at the dollar store today where you find all fine literature, and for a dollar I found 13 hours, the inside account of what really happened in Benghazi, which uh, I don't think I know what really happened in Benghazi, so <laughs> it should be good. Uh, I believe this is a movie now, but I, I haven't seen it, so for uh, for one dollar I am going to switch over to this and see if, if things go better the the federal reserve one i mean you had talked about um not rand paul's book but his dad's book. ron paul's ron book paul's is called book. end the fed yeah which is it's
1: almost like pamphlet-esque you could you can almost read it in a sitting it's not it's not complicated and it's not long
0: and that's end as e-n-d yeah so his book is not pro at fed as this book seems to be, yeah. But it's just a—it's a lot of history and a, and a just fucking boring, dude. And uh, I find my when I find myself reading a paragraph, oh shit, man! I'm like behind. Hold on, let me slam this. This is going to be tougher than I thought. When I find I read a paragraph and I and I and I realize at the end that. I don't even know what I just read. <clears throat> it it's not holding my attention. Something's wrong. And I you know I read a lot, typically 2 to 3 books at a time.
1: So I've just whipped out a dollar. And um how about a Newcastle? There's George Washington looking at me here. So like most people, like if we're going to talk about the Fed a little bit, I won't, sure. I won't get opinionated or political, but like most people think that I think you should. Your dollar. <laughs> is, like, somehow created by the U.S. government, but it's actually not. Like, the Fed, like, this dollar, what it says at the top is Federal Reserve Note. True. And the Federal Reserve is literally, like, a private, for-profit, like, enterprise. I mean, they're...
0: Yeah, they're, it's not the federal government.
1: It's not the federal government. Like, they're a bank. It's crazy, and...
0: Um, I'm confused. Am I God, supposed to be a lot of- drinking this beer right now, or am I supposed to... I'm gonna drink it dude I don't
1: know like if you if you basically finish a glass between timers then you'll be on track and if you got to right. like, so if I your count pour... is off then you're just gonna have to drink one real quick at the end uh, but I mean there's gonna be 14 bottles on this table
0: that's the in way to 45
1: tell. minutes is basically like what's gonna occur
0: yeah but strangely you're not drinking a whole bottle each time so it's hard to gauge at this point in the game there's higher math involved yeah this math is impossible
1: well, that's why you need the beer. It makes you smarter.
0: That's true. That's true. <clears throat> I have been watching a lot of movies. Yeah. Um for those of you that don't know us, you know, my kids are grown up. Shane Wyatt and Sophie. Sophie the youngest is 22. And Dave has little kids, so he has no ability to watch like we get we get films
1: deep and... into Paw Patrol. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I, I what is i don't i think i know i think i know what that is <laughs> i don't I'm know i'm not sure so i have a criteria for for rating films and and typically horror films as i'm you know a 45 year old metalhead i like hardcore films that are scary um i'm always trying to find something on the netflix that, that i haven't seen that is scary um and the, the criteria I rate it by is, like, we've talked about it, you know, in a horror film where they go cheap and don't show the actual stabbing or murder. Uh, my friend Mickey at work calls it uh, the not-so-money shot. I think I opened that for you without even asking. I'll drink it. And um, so I rate them on that. And then the other main part that I rate horror films on is if my wife, Jamie, walks in in the middle of a sex scene. Guaranteed. It's it's every time. And, you know, I swear that it can be a film I've watched a hundred times. There's no sex in it. And she walks in the door and people are having sex. And she goes, yeah, that's what you do all day. Just sit around watching pornography, which is definitely no metalhead would ever watch pornography. Now, do you instinctively
1: ever. throw both of your hands up just to like... Just to, like, show there's nothing unsavory occurring?
0: It's, it, you know, there it's you're, you've got a horror film, there's going to be a token sex scene. Um, almost a given. And, and typically, you know, that person's going to die. So it just helps with the death toll. I mean, there's rules to this stuff. There's going to be more and more rules to this podcast as we go along. I just don't think we've discovered them yet. <clears throat> but, um, so this one film I watched, I've kind of been wanting to watch it. It's a it's you can call it dark because it's black and white, so it it feels dark. Um it was uh listed on Go as one of the top fifty horror films on the Netflix. Uh and they actually had a statement they said, I think most people aren't prepared for how far this film goes. And while I'll say it is somewhat disturbing, the only real graphic violence in it that you see is like a little girl and her mom like doing a cow head autopsy and cutting the lens out and fondling the lens of the eye, which was pretty disturbing.
1: I mean, who among us hasn't?
0: I know. And then, uh, you know, there's some stitches that are pretty bad, but basically this little girl's mom. Oh, by the way, spoiler alerts, forget it. This shit is on Netflix. I'm going to ruin this film completely for you. (laughs) So if you want to watch it, uh, plug your ears for five minutes or something, but I'm about to ruin it completely. Uh, some guy out of the blue comes to their house and this film leaves a lot for you to like figure out oh shit by uh by yourself
1: so how many alarms have we been through
0: four Uh, four yeah i think i have to slam this
1: so we should be 28 ounces in
0: something like that
1: because i've just been kind of sitting here sipping as one would do. I guess we I guess we're gonna we're gonna learn our strategy. We're new at this, folks. Yeah. Never done this before.
0: Mistakes will be made. <clears throat> and don't fact check anything because I guarantee we're wrong. <laughs> if anything you can count on that being consistent. Um so this guy comes in off the road and, and holds her mother at gunpoint and takes her into another room and I'm thinking right here, okay, this is gonna be a sex scene. <clears throat> Jamie was home getting ready and uh, it wasn't the dad comes home and this maniac is pistol whipping her mom in the tub and you don't really see it um so the dad you think that the guy's dead because they show the guy the dad dragging the guy afterwards and he's really just tied up in the barn and he tells his little daughter that she has to do something to make him be quiet so she goes out and i didn't figure it out until way later she like takes out his eyeballs and sews them shut and I thought she cut out his tongue but in reality she cut out like the vocal cords so he couldn't make any noise and um, she like keeps him and then you think the dad's dead but because she like pulls him out of bed and he's just not moving and his eyes are open but then he's sitting on the couch and suddenly she's a grown woman so obviously he wasn't dead but then later she claims she killed him and you know she keeps this guy chained up in the barn and she finally brings him in has sex with him perfect time for Jamie to walk in and she doesn't she walks in at the point of where she's feeding him she gets this like dead rat and is feeding him and it's really disturbing because he's got this bloody rag over his eyes and it seems like he has no tongue and he's like very animalistic and I think I even wrote down what Jamie said yeah, Jamie walked in during the rat feeding sequence, called me a sick fuck, and asked, "What is wrong with you?" Exactly. What? And is you wrong replied,
1: on? "I'll make you a list. How long you got?" Yeah. Well,
0: there wasn't. It was, there was no sex. So, but she then eventually has sex with him. Uh, she, he, she wakes up, and he's in the yard trying to get away. You know, this guy ha- can't speak and he can't see, and he's feeling around in the dark. And she walks up and like lovingly stabs him Wyatt, and i counted 15 times of course you I feel like
1: 15 is a safe minimum
0: yeah you don't see it and then it, there's another it just leaves so much to the mind like she brings a woman home and like freaks her out when she says she killed her dad and then she tries to leave and then the next minute she's like got ziplocs of meat that she's packing away in the fridge it just you know doesn't really show a lot um and she she steals a baby from a woman and does the same thing to his mom. And uh, the son grows up and realizes there's someone in the barn and lets her go. And some truck driver finds her. That's what you see in the beginning. It's You think it's roadkill, but it's not. It's just this woman that's escaped. And uh, <clears throat> cops break in and shoot her. And that's the end. <laughs> so... Not the greatest of movies, but it wasn't terrible. Some people really like movies that make you think. If you like that, you're going to like The Eyes of the Mother. Because you do have to kind of figure some stuff out. And it leaves a lot to the imagination. But Bone Tomahawk. Now there's a film you want to watch. Bone Tomahawk? Bone Tomahawk is a western horror film with Kurt Russell. This is actually on The Prime, not on the Netflix. Uh, three stars on The Prime. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 91%. This film is so graphically violent, I think they won an award for one scene in it. There's, there's a, a throat slash, there's a facial rock smash, arrow through the throat, disembowelment. That's in the first five minutes. This film does not fuck around. Jamie literally walked in, and it was a sex scene, And she sat down and started watching the film because, hello, it's a Western. It's completely okay. (laughs) And it it didn't, nobody said a word about it being a problem. I couldn't believe it. Within five minutes, there's a sex scene and it was totally overlooked. Um, You get a pass. Yeah, a guy gets shot in the foot. There's a brutal bullet (laughs) removal. Wow, here we go again. Dude, I,
1: just, I just drank one like I know, I just poured it I just instinctually I like I figured out what I was supposed to do. This
0: proves we do not drink <laughs> as much as we think we do <laughs> uh there's an arrow through the head, uh fast paced arrow and gun violent oh yeah, so the the most brutal part they take this guy, two people are holding them They cut sc- they scalp him stab something through his mouth and then hold him upside down by the two legs and the other guy bone tomahawk chops him in half from the groin down that I believe they won an award for <clears throat> for like the most graphic scene in a movie in the year it was made which I didn't know there was an award for such things there's like a throat autopsy oh they cut a they they take his flask and put it in the fire cut his stomach and shove the hot flask into his stomach super brutal Uh, there's a toe chop and a decapitation and there's a couple there's like two times where it doesn't show the violence but dude with so much violence piled on you're good does that mean I have to slam this again dude I don't know
1: if you get behind you're gonna get get fucked at the end though like so speaking of sick puppies like let's talk about so we both read did you read the good nurse
0: Uh uh-uh.
1: oh oh okay well you gave it to me i and gave I it read you for it.
0: christmas but i haven't
1: read and it and now i think cindy is reading it Oh, okay but i'll make sure it gets back here <clears throat> i i i I, for, I forgot you didn't read it
0: but, i read the blind eye one we both you. read blind Eye, and well, i finished uh, swango american serial killer that is a doctor yep or was. Yep. And they just kept <clears throat> passing him on and letting him go. Unbelievable story. Unbelievable. Um the amount that he was able to get away with and continue, I mean, he literally just went to another country, kept practicing medicine, and his hobby was to poison people.
1: Yeah. So I I guess according to this author, FBI investigators that he interviewed, thought that this guy had killed, like, between 60 and 70 people. Yeah. And that is horrific and would put him... I mean, the names you know of famous serial killers, like Jeffrey Dahmer, like... Who's the one that's supposed to be, like, charismatic and young and good-looking...
0: Oh, uh, there's a
1: <clears throat> special on him, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, right? So those guys, those guys would have killed way less people than this physician. But um, I, I, it, it boggles the mind. But the the one I read about the nurse. So, um, in addition to being an expert on uh, everything in this podcast, right? But of course. Particularly, um, vehicles that are for moving around stuff, and we're sitting in the back of one of them right now.
0: Yeah, you gotta be careful how you say that. In addition, you know, it it
1: starts with a T and rhymes with fuck, and you know, I'm an expert on those. But um, I I'm a nurse too, so the the one called the Good Nurse is about a nurse who kills people, seemingly like just for fun. It wasn't even like it wasn't obvious that he was like doing it as like a sadist, sexual sado kind of thing. He just seemed to like be sociopathic and like be doing it to like entertain himself. But um he killed from like the mid 80s up until about 2000 and estimates were 300 people that he could have killed. Like if that's true.
0: The good nurse one you're talking about? The good nurse, yeah. He was
1: randomly Charles Colen was his name. He was in Pennsylvania in, in New Jersey. I
0: think I yeah, I listened to a podcast about him and that's where I think on Sword and Scale. Yeah. And that's where I, I got I'm like, Oh, I gotta buy this book for Dave. He's gotta read this. Um <clears throat> Yeah, so I, I do know about it. I know he was randomly injecting uh, Dijokson, does what? How do you say it? Dijokson.
1: Yeah, well, nurses call it Dij. Dij, right? He was injecting, but but like, so one of the things that made it so hard to catch him is he was injecting into bags of saline, which nurses use a ton of, which is just the normal bag of IV fluids you that you would get,
0: grab and go,
1: right? And but but he was he was injecting either insulin or. Dig or I think succinylcholine. Dang. Um, I think those were the big ones. But what was the last one you said? Oh, an insulin. Uh, Succinylcholine is a paralytic. Um, That just sounds
0: terrible. Yeah.
1: So one of the things, one of the reasons it's been used in murders is it metabolizes very quickly. Um, I was on it that only one. I it finished only, it before the bell. It only lasts a few minutes, so people have used it for murders in the past because it's tough to test for. But he was injecting it into bags of saline and then Fuck. leaving them in the med room so that another nurse would come in and grab what they thought was a pristine bag and hang it, and then that would cause the patient to code and die. And so he was actually allowing other people to carry the poison out, you know, it's, it's pretty troubling, man.
0: This brings me to this, you know, bringing a podcast, <clears throat> which is where, how that book found you, um, you know, I started listening to podcasts cause you had told me about, um, Glenn Beck and Pen and, uh, you know, I have a 40 minute commute both ways every day so uh for at least the first year that's all i listened to and uh i still do but i I got kind of on a true crime kick and uh i still am and uh i found that if you're gonna do a true crime crime podcast you really have to be named mike (laughs) (laughs) like it's a thing like 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 we could never have a true crime podcast our first name's mister you know <laughs> I think the first one I started on was criminology. That podcast literally both of them are named Mike. So the the one guy's last name I believe is Morpheus, so he goes by a nickname of Morph and then the other guy like gets to be Mike. What's really cool about them, they did a podcast on the East Area Rapist or otherwise known as the Golden State Killer that was caught in the middle of their it's like a 14 part podcast. The guy's crimes were so prolific, it, and and we have to talk
1: about how they caught him. Like 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 let's come, let's circle back around, because that oh, yeah it wasn't that investigator that had that idea and like carried that out like like we we talk about a lot of movies that are fiction and made for entertainment, but that story is like more interesting than fiction. Like you couldn't make that up, and and I believe like What's that. that?
0: that dumb ancestry site 21 and 23 and me or yeah, something yeah
1: like like the, that's inves- how they him, yeah. the
0: investigator that
1: had that idea and carried that out like like Brad Pitt is going to play him in a movie yeah. like that's how fucking badass that guy is
0: totally amazing
1: so if you if you're unaware um with the golden state killer they actually had his DNA but had no idea who it was this guy was a murderer and a rapist and i believe that's why that's how they had his dna
0: well raped over 50 people and they had it for a long time he's known for one consistent thing from all his victims is a notoriously small penis so, that's consistently uh, attested to by people that were raped and still alive so they 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 had his dna but the ordinarily like
1: dna evidence is used to confirm a suspect and so ordinarily you have DNA and you have a guy that you think might be it and you can either rule out or, or confirm your suspicion that this guy's your guy. I say guy, obviously it could be a lady. Like, can we, can we all just like understand that I'm painting with a broad rush? So at any rate, I'm really offended. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what our podcast is. Like, do we care? Do we just, are we double middle fingers?
0: Did you to the just dead name somebody? You <laughs> son of a bitch. So at any rate we have we have a tent outside for emotional breaks if <laughs> needed
1: <laughs> so we have we have this investigator that has this DNA and he's like well what if i just send it in to 23 and me and see what comes back he does not need a warrant for this true he doesn't need to tell 23 and me what he's doing true he doesn't he, he, he can do whatever he wants. He's just like he's got this guy's cum, I guess, and he's gonna send it in. And one of the things that that Twenty Three and Me will do is they will tell you other people that you are probably related to.
0: Well, evidence. F- uh, <clears throat> would you say physical evidence? What do you mean? Se- well, semen, I guess. But you know, sometimes. Yeah,
1: I went uh, full C word on that. All right, pour some- me some. Pour me something. While well, I well, I lay the rest of this out. So they sometimes in
0: my front yard in the morning there's dog evidence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they they send it in and they come they get back a list of forty people who are essentially related to the Golden State Killer. And they start. But, but none of them are him. And they don't know who the guy is, but they know forty people that are related to him. Yeah. And they start triangulating in and they they find one dude who could you know he has to be a certain age because these crimes were a long time ago.
0: I can't remember. Did they finally get his sample from like his garbage or garbage. from a restaurant? They yeah. went through his garbage. They went and through there's... his
1: garbage. So they 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 triangulate in on a guy because there's only like one guy that's related to all forty of these people, and so they think they've got their guy, and then all they need is a confirmation. So test his DNA. Yeah, they just like. wait for him to throw out like a a Pepsi can and they got him and that's fucking amazing because none of that requires a warrant like that's the crazy part like they don't they didn't even have to ask a judge for a warrant they just that was just something they could do
0: they think they're going to catch the Zodiac but most people agree that he's probably dead by now Um, well they think for the same thing another podcast one of my I already mentioned it is Sword and Scale one of my favorites it's the second uh, true crime podcast, of course, again Mike Boudet, of course, host Sword and Scale. Um, he is uh, named Mike, obviously. And that's then, the
1: first. That's the first thing you have to like. First hurdle to clear.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he can do a true crime podcast, but then some of the Canadian ones you run into problems, like uh, Dark Topic, which I love. There's not a ton of episodes on Dark Topic, but. Jack Luna is the guy that does it. Uh, I'm friends with him on the face. Bizzle, we talk. Um, He's a really cool guy. Um, He's blowing up and starting to get big now. Um, But, you know, his name's Jack, so he's not really a Mike. And then (laughs) there's West Side Fairy Tales, which isn't a true crime. Uh, Tyler Bell is a fantastic author, and I believe he was in the Iraqi War. Desert Storm, I believe he was in. Don't get pissed at me if I fuck this up. I guarantee we're going to have things wrong, Tyler Bell. um, Don't come looking for me. But, you know, these two guys are not named Mike. And, and, I mean, to to be fair, you know, West Side Fairy Tales is like a fictional... If you like Stephen King, and you're like me, which I love Stephen King, you will like West Side Fairy Tales. But, Mike Boudet came up with this plan for a new podcast it's called Monstro and of course when nature perceives a void it seeks a way to fill it he brought in Jack Luna and Jack Luna said hey you got to bring Tyler Bell so now Jack Luna and Tyler Bell are part of a podcast with a guy named Mike so that they can fit the criteria and that was Monstro Monstro reference I don't know, dude, but I'll tell you, Monstro's super hardcore, and people one-star the fuck out of it, and I gave it five stars. I like the Monstro. It's different because it's done in a story way. It's not just the facts. I want to say the the whale
1: in Pinocchio is named Monstro. Oh, could be. Like, that's the only other time I've heard that
0: word but, but i could be wrong like they take the time to really write it more like a story and there's a lot of audio in it and i think that where they got into a problem is that they do the story the very first one is on the cannibal of Rottenburg.
1: we've talked about that
0: we've talked about and um I don't, that's a
1: libertarian as fuck thing to talk about too
0: i don't think people were prepared for how hardcore that story is And they might have made a mistake by making that their first story because you can't get more hardcore than that. It's about a guy who is a cannibal looking for a guy who wants to be eating. And he finds one. Eaten? Did I get that word out clearly? I don't think so.
1: Monstro is the whale in Pinocchio, by the way. That's confirmed. Very nice. The Google correctly understood that I needed to know that.
0: And, uh, you know, you guys... check out the monstro give them a break because they put a lot of work into it and the episodes have been really good you you got to check out monstro
1: but no let's talk about the cannibal of rottenberg like oh yeah because we can go deep philosophical i'm happy to and i feel like now that we're now that there are what nine beer bottles on the table we should be going deep philosophical sir (laughs) maybe eight
0: Eight. Well, there's about to be another one. <laughs> yeah, I'm,
1: I, I'm, I need a pour so I th- think
0: I was supposed to drink all of this, but I'm just pouring over the top. You want something in my glass? You want to continue with brown ale or you want something different? Uh, give me something weird. I don't know. All right. What's this weird can? Oh, that's like
1: a sour.
0: This isn't an IPA.
1: Oh, yeah, that's the one we were drinking. There's another can in there that's a sour. No, but, but do the it. IPA. I'll drink it. All right, I'm doing it. That's like a. That's like a Eight percent
0: IPA. This is the That's wrong one. That's what you beer.
1: want. That's what you want to be chucking in the middle of your power hour. This should be the last <laughs> beer.
0: Oh wow! That, well, that does we'll call good. this foreplay. So, what were we trying to talk about? I already forgot. The cannibal of. Yeah. So he he finds a a guy who is willing to be meat basically at his table, and picks him up. They are both homosexuals. Um, They have sex, which on Monster they graphically depict, and I I think that might have really bothered some people. (laughs) But he wants him, the guy that's supposed to be eaten wants the other guy to bite his penis off. And he finds out the guy doing the biting learns that's really hard to do. So they chop it off. And um, they want to both cook it and eat it. Um, he gets sidetracked I mean, I mean, as one does. I mean, dude, <laughs> he gets sidetracked and burns it. It's ruined. It's not palatable. It's just, it's a very, and the guy basically bleed once he bleeds out, then the cannibal of Rottenberg, you know, does what you do to butcher an animal and hoists him up in the game configuration and guts him and, and packs away the meat. And then, things go well. He's very happy and he starts looking for someone else and freaks the fuck out of somebody. Because these, these these websites are like fantasy websites. <clears throat> but it freaked a kid out so bad he called the cops on him and they busted him. Found human remains and and meat and stuff and uh, they realize in Germany there's no law against eating a dude.
1: So, like... I guess it's because I'm a nurse. And he and didn't kill him. I I I actually, like, want to know what do they think the mechanism of death is. Because I don't believe it's possible to bleed to death because your penis is severed. I don't know. So there must have been something else that they I, he did. He was in a tub. I and know. I've heard them he, talk about... I've heard that he was in a tub... And I've heard the guy say he wanted to be killed. Yeah. But I believe that they did something else.
0: He may have opened they, his veins in the tub. I can't remember. Did they go into that in the podcast? Oh fuck. I'm gonna have to listen to it again. It's it's a hard listen, you guys. <clears throat> That's one of the things with these true crime podcasts. They're so like I'm driving home or to work and like sometimes my mouth is hanging open in shock and i'm like looking around and, and go and realizing oh no one knows what i'm listening to <sighs> but i still feel like i'm a bad kid or the something church you know?
1: lady that passed you on highway 101 it's just, so shocking she's and... judging you because
0: <laughs> so i've got to talk about dark poutine which is a canadian Wait a second. we we have to
1: we have to pause a little bit longer. there's a couple things we have to talk about i, just, I gotta
0: try to drink this beer just too. can't yeah
1: like like all right i'll I'll philosophize <laughs> for a minute and so with the cannibal of is it Rottenburg?
0: I believe so, and we're probably getting that wrong. Gosh, man, like it's disturbing uh,
1: so first of all, the thing that makes this possible is the internet, <laughs> true. Right?
0: They would have never found each other.
1: They would have never found each other, and you have this...
0: Because he was in a whole other... I think he came from America. It was another country.
1: This severe, like, demented masochism is essentially, like, what I would describe the person who wants to be killed and eaten. Um, So it's... the, The Internet has sort of, like, become a way to bring people together that are both involved in oh highly deviant behavior, like the example you hear on talk radio sometimes is like Nambla. Are you familiar with Nambla? Does that mean anything to you?
0: Yeah, we always wanted to um years ago, there was a, a manager in one of my jobs that no one was a real big fan of, and we wanted to sign him up on their newsletter. <laughs>
1: so for those of you who aren't um aren't aware nambla is the north american man boy love association and how how
0: is that a a fucking thing
1: so so they they claim that it's all wholesome and you know very sort of like cub scoutish no the truth is that that it's 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 a meetup for pedophiles and and the internet is what makes this like possible, because sunlight is like a disinfectant and and when these people are exposed for what they truly are, they scurry back into the shadows. But the internet lets you sort of with anonymity um, this part communicate us. with other people who enjoy these really like deviant proclivities and it normalizes it for you because like what like ordinarily you wouldn't be able to find other people who would be willing to be open about, you know, being into weird deviant shit. But the internet, like, like I I'm not criticizing or I'm not saying, I don't think it should be this way, but like it is a thing that we have to sort of, as a society, like, understand that we've moved to a different place because the internet has allowed really deviant things to become normalized for people because there's enough crazy people out there that no matter what the fuck you're into, no matter how fucked up it is, am
0: I, are we allowed to use profanity? I, I checked the box that says, yeah, there's going to be parental-like stuff.
1: <clears throat> so I'm sorry for all my efforts. Like, I, I'm talking about really...
0: Um, ugly stuff and you know, i imagine that we would probably use obscenities
1: in addition to to middle-aged male full frontal nudity this podcast contains the effort. well there
0: was some full frontal nudity i wanted to talk about but <laughs> we might not get to it on this episode so but what i wanted to say i've really enjoyed dark poutine um, You're wearing the shirt. I, Dave can see I'm wearing the shirt, and you'll notice it says the Yumber Yard. That, no. that is their uh, Facebook group, which I am a part of. Uh, so I think
1: that I had poutine at a restaurant a couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh, dude, I'm going to go there and take a picture of it so I can say California poutine. <laughs> and put it put it on the Yumber Yard, the, the Face Bizzle group.
1: So I ordered something at a restaurant that was called poutine that was... French fries
0: with. It should be cheese curd and gravy. Yeah,
1: cheese curds and gravy. But it's
0: California. I'm surprised there the wasn't top of fucking sushi on it or something.
1: No, dude. So this was this. I would describe this poutine as true to Canadian like full form. frontal in your face, like. I, it took like a week off my
0: life to eat it. You told me it was amazing. It was, So so it, it was amazing. Jamie and I talked about it tonight. I said, hey, we got to go. What's that restaurant called? Fresh and Banging. Fresh and Banging. Free advertisement for you right here on we're the sorry. main street in Lakeport. We're
1: sorry. We were talking about eating penises one minute ago. And now we're talking about your restaurant. That's so unfair.
0: It, it totally makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go there and have the poutine poutine, just so I can put a picture on the Yumber Yard and show my support for, uh, you know, Canadian true crime. What I love about it is there is a lot of Canadian true crime that I know jack shit about. I learned so much on their podcast and, you know, their host, Mike Brown, as you would expect. I mean,
1: I I, I knew it was Mike.
0: And uh, he has... uh, his co-host is the notoriously unemployed Scott. Um, they're great. And um, their podcast is really good. I love the way it's kind of typically it's Mike Brown telling a story and Scott reacting to it. <clears throat> and I had emailed them, which when I say them, I, I believe I'm talking to Mike. Because he, he he has driven me to towards other podcasts by saying, you know, our most notorious serial killer in Canada, you know, you should listen to this podcast because she's already got one. And um, that's really good and goes into detail about Picton. I'm unfamiliar. Yeah, I know. I'll have to go into it. But um, when I emailed him, I said Pinkerton. So, of course, like a typical Californian, I make myself look dumb. And he was totally cool and talked to me and explained how... There's some things they can do and some things they can't. I mean, just a really cool guy and a great podcast. My point to them was, you know, don't feel like you can't do a podcast about a subject because someone else has done a great one. Um, We like your style of telling it and your interaction. So please continue.
1: That is a thing, like the style. But he
0: did direct me to Canadian True Crime, which is by a woman and as you would expect, her name should be Michelle. <laughs> Is it true? No, it's like <laughs> Christy Lee. <laughs> and she's very, very matter-of-fact. She's very into the victims and personal things about them. And I love that about her. Um, and, man, what a, what a great podcast. <clears throat> and I also learned from them Asian Madness. Which Asian Madness... Is also done by a woman. I believe her name's Jennifer. I apologize if I got it wrong on my podcast because I'm going to be emailing you. I don't know anything about Asian true crime. So much like the Canadian true crime one, I learn a lot on her podcast. And um, she did a story that's been covered by several podcasts. And this is what I really liked about her. At the end of the the story she said at the beginning she said you know i'm gonna do this story everybody's already done it but hey i'm asian madness so of course i have to (laughs) and at the end she said uh sword and scale is one which i had heard and there's two other podcasts she told you the the name of the podcast and the exact episode if you want to hear their version of what i just told you go and listen to this episode number um that's integrity. She's got great integrity, and mm-hmm. and uh, the way she tells the story, I mean, it's like it it's awesome. I love Asian Madness. You got to check that out.
1: So now, does when when they say Asian Madness, does that could it include stories from Russia? It does. Because Russia, there are yeah. some crazy things that occur in Russia.
0: I don't think she does Chickatilio, but I think I've heard like four podcasts on Chickatilio. Yeah. So disturbing, dude. That guy man this is hard this is a lot of beer really fast Ooh, yep. Yeah. i'm like i i am pushing myself i feel like the gym whatever
1: so there's 10 bottle 10 empty bottles on the table right now there's two shots of bourbon that are ready to go according
0: to my calculations we have two more alarms to go off
1: are we behind? Are we, are we on track?
0: I, I don't know. I'm if getting I'm... smarter. I don't know
1: if I'm getting louder yet.
0: I think I'm getting louder. <laughs> there, there are some other movies I watched. <clears throat> I'm like... So, like,
1: if... let's get back to the poutine for a second. Because
0: this I, is important. I just want
1: to say that my wife and I were on a diet as a New Year's resolution...
0: And <clears throat> The Ray Cronice diet, which I, is really eat to live. Or were you guys still having protein?
1: No, we were doing veggie-based stuff, and that works. It seems to work really well for me. Unbelievable. I dropped yeah. 20 pounds um, in, I don't know, 28 days or something like that. Um, it worked well for her at first, and then she sort of plateaued. So we may we may switch to something different. Um, she lost 10 pounds pretty easily and then sort of struggled after that but um when you've been on a diet at at a certain point you you meet a goal I think I think that was 10 pounds for her I can't remember but you say to yourself we're gonna have we're gonna have a cheat meal and if this
0: happens to describe you don't don't ask Ray Cronice about a cheat meal. To him, it's like after a year. Yeah,
1: yeah, he he's he 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 has a level of discipline that I do not recommend. But if you have been on a diet for a week, a couple of weeks, and you've lost a few pounds, and you want to reward yourself, you would do you would do well to figure out a way to order poutine and eat it because. <laughs> That is a high quality, like cheat meal. You want the poutine when you've been on a diet.
0: I'm gonna try it, and I, I can't. I can't wait to get a picture and put it on the Yumber Yard.
1: So it's an app at the, um, at the restaurant we mentioned. I they still, have an app.
0: <laughs> There's an app. For There's the, an app for
1: that. What's
0: the rep? What's the restaurant called again? Fresh and banging.
1: It's an appetizer, though, the poutine, and and I, I recommend it.
0: I feel really dumb. Oh, I want to talk about this movie. So, Veronica is a film on the Netflix. you got to be in the right kind of mood because you have to read subtitles. So, I mean, you know, typically if I'm watching a movie, I don't want to have to read. But I do like to read, and everything kept pointing to me this. I kept... Getting these YouTube videos saying the top movies on the Netflix, and and, and it kept saying Veronica, Veronica. Rotten Tomatoes gave um, this fine film—I don't want to ruin it—88 percent. Um, there's subtitles. There's a lot of paranormal whacktivity. Um, <laughs>
1: paranormal whacktivity. Yeah. No, is that, that when a ghost is jerking you off? Like what? Like, I, I need a. I need that defined.
0: <laughs> I did, I call it paranormal whack activity. It's like books falling off shelves and stuff, like <laughs> things that are supposed to be scary, and you're like, this isn't fucking scary. Okay. Uh, I see. It's paranormal whack activity because it's whack, yo. <laughs> there's like, okay, I have a list of what happens in this film. There's finger cut. There's a demon howl. There is full frontal male nudity from this chick's dad, which is not what That's you That's what you want. See. That's what you want. That's an hour one. <laughs> this, Oh, there is. She does have a nightmare, and there's, like, her brothers and sisters, like, cannibalize her. And that was disturbing. I'll, okay, so there was one good part. Um. Uh, there's a mirror face plant. That's always good. And shard throat cut and like the whole film was like supposed to be about the first time cops catch paranormal activity whacktivity on film how many H's does the word whacktivity have? there's none but it, it's a silent H <laughs> it's a silent H so um, for all the hoopla and, and you know I also am pretty sure I've tried to watch it like three times um. Here's a film I didn't even watch. Cool. I did watch Tales from the Hood 2. <laughs> yeah. No Snoop Dogg in Tales from the Hood 2. I've never even watched Tales from the Hood 1. But I did like it. It's kind of like... The guy telling the story is training AI to understand stuff. So they bring this guy in to tell stories to this AI. And... Overall, it is like <clears throat> the guy telling the stories is truly the devil. And the guy that has hired him that is a prick is like in his own personal hell. Um, my overall statement here was kind of uneventful. Oh, no, that's a different movie. Yeah, the end is like a RoboCop type thing. And he's in his own personal health. I liked Tales from the Hood, too. It it wasn't that great, but it, it was enjoyable and kind of funny. Velvet Buzzsaw, that's the film I wrote down kind of an event.